Vogel fam, here we are. Hello, hello. How you doing? Sarah, what's up? Good. Not much. It's just a Saturday. It I'm is. Tired. Yeah. Here we go. Let's roll. You're listening to the Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from your semi-occluded vocal tract, have you practiced today? All right. Right. Sarah. Hello. It is a rainy Saturday here in Clinton, Mississippi. It is about to be a rainy Saturday here in Atlanta. Um, it was sunny this morning, but it is quickly getting dark outside. <laughs> That's um, So I think all that rain you got, we're, we're about to have the joy of experiencing. That sounds right. That's fine. It might be cooler. It might feel like actual fall again. This past week was toasty. Like yeah, it's... It was it was warm this week, but mm-hmm. honestly, we went from running the air conditioning last night to the heat today. Jamie and I discovered because we had a brief, like, actually cool snap to the point where we wanted to turn on our heat. We discovered that this house heats up exceptionally well. Some might say too, like, we literally we turned the heat on and we were like, well, we'll just set it to like sixty-seven because. That'd be comfortable. It's not really that cold outside, but it's gotten chilly. We turn it on to 67, and very quickly, the house heats up to 73. And we were like, oh my gosh, I'm sweating. So we ended up turning the heat on to 60. Okay. And and somehow that ended up coming out to like a pleasant 65 or 66. Yeah, so some really good um, precise math there we did. Luckily, it's been warm enough that we've just had the air on for the past week. So, because right, well, that was a weird experience, and will be an interesting, very different from our house in Clinton, where, due to the delightful um, building, all the heat would funnel. <laughs> I, I just don't even know how to put it. All the heat would funnel up the stairwell, and so the upstairs would be like an oven. And the downstairs never would get warm, just never, because I don't think it was super amazingly insulated. Uh, we ended up hanging a curtain on our stairway to keep the hot air from all going upstairs. And it halfway worked. Well, vocal fam, if you're out there in, I don't know, the north. Oh, yeah, y'all probably think we're crazy. <laughs> you all are probably running heat by now. Yeah, well, and you're probably laughing that we were talking about turning, like, that day that I said, like, oh, it turned cold. I think the high was, like, 60, 62. Right. Yeah, because we have a friend in Colorado who laughed at us when we I think told him about turning the heat on. I think it's about 60 here today. That's cold. That's We have that's a space weather. heater on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, Vocal Fam. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I hope you've had a chance to listen to last week's episode Yes. Aerosols, Masks, and the Performing Arts with Dr. John Vulcans. Uh, really an important message to get out to the vocal fam and looking forward For to, their, uh, to their further results. 
Yeah, especially these last few days. Oh, well, <laughs> not for y'all. Last, I have no idea what the last few days have been like for y'all listening to this. Well, Vocal Fam, we're recording this a week early. Yeah. Uh, but we just reported a new U.S. high in total reported COVID cases. So now you know exactly when we recorded this. <laughs> well, it might be a new high every day this week based on the rate that we're going. Please yep. be careful, everybody. Put your mask put... on. I literally got off, like finished. we finished talking to him, and I went and I got every kind of mask I had, and I went and like, stood in the mirror, and I was like, to see if I would blink. I, literally, they all failed. Well, okay, there was one I didn't try that I think might have worked, but all of my other ones failed. Oh. Because, I mean, they're just, well, they're just cloth masks. Yeah. You I, know, I like, have, uh, I didn't, ex- I didn't, really didn't expect them to pass. I would have been pleasantly surprised. I have filters in mine and, and all that stuff, so. Mine, it's just, it's hard for me to get a good seal on my face. It like, is, yeah. I've tried what I've done with most of mine. I don't know if other people have had this struggle. I've ended up like nodding the loops, oh, like yeah. mm-hmm. nodding them in themselves to make it shorter so that it fits a little more securely. Yeah, but ours there's only have, um, little plastic things on in, on the bands. Yeah, I have I have one pair like that that they would almost passed if that makes sense my eyes twitched but they didn't blink my wife also took two of mine and sewed an elastic band between the two ear holes so it actually like straps on to me kind of like a n95 does yeah that's that's a good idea that's smart Uh, and then i have one that has a like um like kind of like a a longer cord on it with a mm-hmm. plastic thing that has metal hooks that kind of like a badge holder. Oh, okay, okay. And that go the 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 metal clips. I think go I've seen you ears. wearing this. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And then that tightens around the back of my head. Uh, so, yeah. vocal fam, wear your masks. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. we're we're all gonna make it through it. Um, and we we're praying for you and yours. I just found out. I'm not going to say a name or anything, but had just found out yesterday that a voice teacher I know in the area has COVID and, um, just we're, we're thinking about your vocal fam, trying to provide mm-hmm. you the best information we can when we've got opportunities to provide it on health and safety. We'll provide it on health and safety. We'll provide it on low latency internet options to give you the best teaching practices for online we're here for you vocal fam yeah we used to just be a bunch of goofballs sitting around eating bacon i mean i mean we're still kind of a bunch of goofballs sitting around eating bacon yeah bacon nuts actually the nuts were specifically michael uh before we dive into anything, actually, since you're talking about food, Vocal Fam, can I just tell you what I'm making today? Ugh, it's going to make me hungry. We're already. having a fall festival inside my home today. All right. I you, like know, it. you know, Vocal Fam. Like Everybody needs a Saturday once in a while, right? I need a Saturday. I'm tired. Right. Well, I bought us four pumpkins this year. Fine. Because there's four people in my family. My fun, wife fun. enjoys carving a very elaborate pumpkin every year. 
Uh, we've Kirby done. Pumpkins she's is done fun. a TARDIS before. Mickey Impressive. Mouse, the crack in the wall. I can barely manage triangles. Right. Well, yeah. it takes her hours. It's impressive. So I made sure, like, I cleaned the house yesterday afternoon, mm-hmm. all this stuff to prepare for today. Well, the kids will have each of their pumpkins, and my wife mm-hmm. will do an elaborate one. Mm-hmm. My pumpkin is already... I actually just totally cut the top off of it. Okay. Pres- preserved it emptied it and then i'm going to take gruyere and swiss and cream and thyme and milk and make fondue inside Inside the pumpkin pumpkin? because i'm going to roast the pumpkin in the grill around hot coals going to be delicious grill some flank steak make fresh baguette and have fondue tonight that sounds in a pumpkin that sounds absolutely amazing. Are you going to roast the pumpkin seeds? The, well, yeah, the pumpkin seeds are drying right now. Yeah. Um, we find that the pumpkin seeds do better if we let them dry. That makes sense. So they're drying. Well, that so sounds anyway, delicious. Happy and I'm fall, jealous. vocal happy fam. Happy fall. That's, a, that's fantastic. That sounds delightful. Yeah. Happy, happy yeah. fall. Happy uh, fall. If you're into pumpkin spice, then... I'm not a big pumpkin spice person. I do love, like, I like pumpkin seeds. I like carving pumpkins. Although, did I ever tell you about the time we tried to carve pumpkins? But, like, we waited till I mean, it was, like, Halloween day to go buy pumpkins. And all they had left were the white ones. And that was the day I discovered I was allergic to white pumpkins. Yeah. So we go to carve them. This is the most bizarre experience ever. Because I'm not allergic to normal pumpkins. And I don't even want to know what would happen if I ate a white pumpkin. That, because I didn't do that. So we're carving the white pumpkins, and I'm scooping out the guts. And, you know, like, when you're scooping out pumpkin guts, it just gets all on your yeah. hands and stuff. So I had finished you scooping out. I was like, out hives. No, no, yeah. it's t- more terrifying than that. I go in to wash my hands, and, like, I could just not get the stuff off. So I come outside, and I'm still just rubbing. I'm like, guys, like, it's not coming off. It's almost like glue. All of a sudden, Jamie grabs my arms and goes, Sarah, stop and I was like what and he goes that's your skin my skin was like sloughing off like it was coming off yeah it was crazy so we run back inside kind of rinse my arms off just because they were irritated and we ended up putting a ton of like calamine lotion on them yeah I took some Benadryl I stopped carving the pumpkin I've never like I don't like I mean it's whatever is inside a white pumpkin my body did not like at all, yeah. So no hives. Well, I didn't have hives, fam, but my skin tried to come off. If so. you get you a white pumpkin, you might want to be a little careful. Yeah, be aware that apparently you can be allergic to specific colored pumpkin. I've never really looked any more into it. I just kind of like checked off on my list, like okay, white pumpkins. That's a no go. Boom. Okay, vocal fam. Today, uh, what this we weekend, really came here to talk about. When this <laughs> is dropping, it'll be Halloween weekend. So mm-hmm. a, an appropriate introduction here to the podcast. How spooky! I'm just trying to give you your scary story story for the day. But before and and just so you know, we've been trying to bring you a lot of hard hitting information this fall, and this we true. have a bunch more to come. But today we're going to start our review of Star Trek Discovery <sighs> season three. But before y'all we thought do that, I wouldn't watch it and get caught up, but here I am. But y'all just we, thought y'all listened to all of his like Sarah. It's right there. 
I did it, guys. I am caught up. But before we do that, I think I'm ready to announce our fall, the rest of our fall recording schedule at this point. Fantastic. I feel pretty comfortable. You're, you're like, I'm pretty sure this is going to happen. Yeah. Saturday, November 7, uh, we will be... Uh... Oh, Elon. I so, there. on the 7th, we will have Liz Jackson Hearns and Brian Kramer on to discuss their book uh, of plural um, on transgender singers and and training them. Uh, So that will be on the 7th of November. That will be November's Plural Publisher Showcase. On the 14th of November, very excited and early morning for Sarah and I, we will host Dr. Alexander Caro the founder and creator of Soundjack. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the 21st of November, we will host Yvonne Gonzalez Redman, Kayla Godero, Sarah, myself, and Sally Kay is going to join yeah. us again for that episode. It will be four sopranos and me <laughs> talking about treble middle voice. So that's coming up on November 21. November 28, who knows? It's Thanksgiving. Maybe Sarah and I will take a week Just off. Just have Fogel Thanksgiving. Fam. It's hard to say what will happen. It's hard to say what will happen. Then on December the 5th, we will definitely be back with you. Uh, on the 12th, we will have... Uh, that's Marcy and Wendy to talk about the vocal athletes. So Wendy LeBourne, Marcy Daniels Rosenberg will be on to talk about vocal athlete as December's Plural Publisher Showcase. A very popular book, The Vocal Athlete, in its second audition already, uh, edition already. So those are, the, those are sort of what's coming up for our fall recording schedule. And I can probably promise that December 19th will be a Mandalorian season two slash Christmas special. Yeah. Okay. So for those of you who are looking forward to that, I can pretty much promise. So that Dece- pumped for the De- Mandalorian. De- December 19, I can pretty much promise will be a Mandalorian season two slash Christmas vocal fry extravaganza. Yeah. So that's what's coming up, Vocal Fam. Just wanted to now once I once we finally had things sort of uh... sort of finalized. Honestly, wouldn't even like totally count on. You know, like it feels mostly. But I feel like the minute you're like, oh, this is definitely the rest of the semester. Something will change. Something will change. So don't hold us to that. Don't. But hold also, us to it. that's the plan. But can I just say one last thing before we dive into discovery? I've only got three weeks of the semester left. I don't. I don't like you very much right now. <laughs> I have so much semester left. And what will be really remarkable is we'll have gotten the whole semester in on campus. Which is impressive. With minimal cases. Yeah, MC has done I'm so remarkably grateful to well. our students for behaving and taking it seriously and wearing their masks. Uh, it's crazy for me because we're really only just now halfway through our semester, which... 
the first half of the semester for us has gone very well. Minimal cases. Interested to see how the second half goes. I think for us it's mostly going to be trying to keep kids remembering, continuing to be as vigilant as they have been. Yeah. Uh, so. I, but that's everyone, I'm basically. I'm still kind of suspicious as to whether the spring semester will start on time or not. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it almost makes sense to do a shortened semester ending when MC's semester normally ends, but starting later. Yeah. I, like, get through a little bit of flu season. Right now, our calendar is the same for the, the spring. Same. Well, we adjusted it a little bit. We're not starting till the Tuesday after Martin Luther King Day. Oh, that's a little later, though. About a and week. And that's kind of nice. It's sort of the idea that you eliminate that holiday weekend people are just home yes yeah Uh, so we're supposed to start the tuesday the day after it's a little later uh we'll see yeah you know we'll see um it'll be i mean it'll be interesting i'm just thrilled that we're gonna have gotten the whole semester in on campus Mm -hmm. i'm not that i'm teaching face to face i'm not teaching any lessons but no it's just impressive just with kids back in dorms and everything that yeah yeah. It's gone okay. And I will say, because I have pretty low numbers in class, I have taught all my classes face-to-face unless we needed to hop online because we needed to sing that day. Yeah. Um, and those days we've either been on clean feed or there, it's been a mixture of things. Some days we've mm-hmm. been on SoundJack, some days we've been on clean feed, some days we've been on Zoom. It just all depends what our needs were for the day. So anyway... Okay, Vocal Fam. So that's what's coming up. We hope you stick with us. So if you're just here for the singing information, feel free to go away. I'm just kidding. Don't or go Or go away. watch Discovery and be like, wow, what, what a really great like show. What we'd really like to recommend you to do is watch all three seasons of Star Trek Discovery. It's not like, okay, so it's not even like it's a ton of episodes, if that makes sense. Like the actual time commitment of watching the episodes... Not as much as some shows that we have tried to get you to watch. No, and I think the most difficult thing about getting... Do you have the CBS All Access where you have commercials? Oh, yes. Yeah. I think Gosh, the most diffi- that's my biggest complaint. It really is. Are those freaking commercials. And they're so long. <laughs> they're I think they're getting 90 longer. 90 seconds. Yeah. It's so long. It's so long. And they're so frequent, too. Yeah. Um, it's, it is... So what we'd like to recommend, Vocal Fam, is if you've not watched season one and two of Star Trek Discovery, you probably shouldn't listen to the rest of this podcast. Yeah, don't do that. It would be a big spoiler. As we have said, this is the worst way to experience it for the first time. Definitely, definitely, definitely. But also go watch it. I mean, you're going to have to stop because there are some emotional things, unless you have no emotions. You may be someone, unlike me, who is not crying every time i watched like a tiktok today that was like a very brief overview of some couple on some tv shows relationship and literally by the end was like tearing up because i was like this is so sad and just anyway well anyway anyway so it does have emotions this would be the point to sort of if you're at all interested in this show um Go watch it, and then come listen to us. Yeah. So anyway, we're on season three. Sarah, just to give me your thoughts. So what have you thought about season one and two up up to this point of the so show? So like ranking them, season one was my favorite. Well, 
I haven't seen enough of season three, but season one so far has been my favorite. I love that we're so different, Sarah. It, it's I, what makes us great. Is was season two your oh, favorite? I loved season two. I loved season two. Don't get me wrong, but I thought season one was my favorite out of like the two of them. And then I, so far, based off of all of two episodes, I think season three is going to be my second favorite, followed by season two. But season two was fantastic. It wasn't even like I disliked it at all. I was just kind of preferred season one. I felt like I was there was. There was more questions for me in season one. Mm, mm, and mm. I liked I liked Burnham's character better in season one. Mm. Personally, I liked her kind of figuring herself out. I liked the mystery. I liked the questioning and trying to, yeah, figure all of that out. Um, but there are other characters that then in season two, I mean, I am a huge Saruk fan now. And I never would have thought in season one, because like in season one, I was just like, <sighs> This guy. But by season two, I'm like, hey, so Doug Jones does a really great job in season two playing it. He is rocking it. There are several characters. Tilly, beginning of season one, I was like, "Mm, she's a little weird. But by but now I'm like, I love Tilly. I love her. I love watching and I love a show like that where you have these characters that develop. And even the characters like a Hugh was one of my favorite characters season one. But I kind of like how just like a real person, it wasn't like they made him a bad person, but he comes back from the dead. They made him complex. They made him complex. He had something traumatic happen and he is having to work through that. Yeah. And I like that. I just, I love the character development in the whole show. Like I could go on and on about all the characters I love. So it's interesting, anyway. you know, and, and again, I love season one. Like I love yeah. season one. But season two is, that was my dream. That's you. I totally get, the, was it the, I feel like it was the Spocks. Okay. Was it the Spock so, stuff? So the, the, there were there would sort of be three things that, that make you, with those mm-hmm. two seasons. Mm-hmm. One, as Star Trek goes wholly, completely, W-H-O-L-L-Y, I've never really been that into Klingons. Mm, I loved that. I didn't. I didn't know I liked Klingons until all of that mess. Okay. Um, so I've never really been that into Klingons. They've never been my favorite kind of villain. Um, I've always loved Romulans. I think Romulans are cool. I, I yeah yeah. And I loved in Next Gen. I loved Q. Mm. And um, oh, who was it that I thought I was going to be like Q? I keep waiting for the board. I keep feeling like we're going to get bored, like, especially with season two, because it's so like technology, evil technology driven. I kept waiting for some sort of Borg. Even now I'm like the Borg, but it hadn't happened. Right. So I just keep waiting. The other things I would say about season two, Spock. Spock. I was like, Spock was fan freaking tastic. Oh man, Ethan Peck comes in and ooh. I loved it. And it was funny because they did such a good job. I felt like of moments where I was like, you know, Spock is a character that already has so much canon oh, and story that I was like, all of Star how, Trek. how are we introducing all of this new storyline that somehow has just never come up yeah. in anything else? But at the end, they're like, oh, and by the way, we can obviously never talk about this. I'm like, ah, oh, y'all got me. Okay. <laughs> y'all saw this. Now, I will <laughs> say, that is probably the hardcore Star Trek fans 
it's the reason they hate Discovery. I guessed. I, I kind of guessed. I was like, oh, if you're super into this, like there the, might be some... The amount of retconning that they do, so like them not ever being able to talk about Discovery ever again, them never having a spore drive ever again. Yeah. Um. You know, like there's so many things that they retcon... Well, the time traveling. Yeah, I mean, I totally get that, that that could be frustrating. It, it's not something that generally bothers me, as long as they don't... As long as they're not going in and rewriting established canon. And I think that's what people felt like they ended up doing. Mm, I could, I could get that. But it's that interesting to me that you're, you're cool with it with this, but then with last year's Doctor Who finale... Where they did what? They rewrote the entire history of the show. Oh. They literally rewrote the entire history of the show. This is not rewriting the history of the Federation. They they took, they added a segment of his history. That's semantics. Semantics? Oh my gosh. That's totally different. You just want to start a little, you want to just be a, this makes for a, a rabble rouser. It does not. It makes me so... Oh, my goodness. No, they completely rewrote the history of... It wouldn't have bothered me if it had just rewritten the history of the Time Lords. I think it said it totally... Rewrote no, the No, I guess it does doctor. bother me. It rewrites the history of the Doctor. Okay. It rewrites the history of the Time Lords. Like, that to me was just such a... A departure. I get like, it. it changed her. I get it. Anyway, back to Star Trek. didn't. Back to Star Trek. Mm. But so we're okay with it. And I'm okay with it. I'm always okay with a good retcon. I mean, I'm a Star Wars fan, so... (laughs) Lots of retcon, yeah, yeah. Uh, But anyway, I love Spock. I'm not so hot on Klingons. And the season one is like a lot of Klingons. It is a lot of Klingons. Like a lot. And I have no problem with the new Klingon morphology and their look and all that. Like I have no, that that I'm fine with. I've been, yeah, I was trying to figure it out at first because I was like, it's, it's more, it's different. Like I'm not mad. Like I think they look cool. But evolving Klingon morphology has sort of kind always of... been a thing of Star Trek. Well, and I like this look better than some of the Kl- Klingon morphology that I've seen. Right. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. this is a lot more legit looking than some where I'm like, what? Right. What is this? Um, the other thing that I love about season two is to me, just ideas of artificial intelligence taking over all of civilization and killing all humanity I, and whatever. I buy that. That's my like, sci-fi jam. Well, I watched it. I was like, oh, this is such a like true, just OG sci-fi, sci-fi trope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is so sci-fi. Which compared to, I guess, maybe it was season, it was, I think season one that I was thinking, oh, this is a little more like really fantasy. Yes, because the Klingons are there's they were so space, mystical. Space yeah, orcs. yeah, they are space orcs. It's they're much more mystical. Orcs. Like Vulcans things have been are feeling space more goblins. fantasy, and then all of a sudden, yeah, you or bring elves. in the true sci-fi, like ah, science. And the Romulans are the Roman Empire. <laughs> yeah, in yeah. space. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, that. Everything but like Leland bigger. at the end when they're able to just take over and be anyone, like. Okay, so overall, first two seasons. Who's your favorite character? Oh, I don't know. Do you it, like Burnham? Oh yeah, I like Love Burnham. Burnham. I like Love Burnham. Her. I had a few moments, and it wasn't Burnham necessarily. This it was several characters that did this. That near the end of season two, where I kept being like, "Stop having big speeches in time crunch moments where like things are about to explode." I can't remember her name right now offhand. I love the other engineer. They... Oh my gosh, I love her. Oh yeah, my the... gosh. Who she, she's so snarky. Oh, it's so good. And I love that they gave her the typical Star Trek line of, so you want me to actually break the laws of physics? No, I can't do that. <laughs> I I love that. Uh, favorite character's hard. It kind of varies from moment to moment. Like I had moments in season one where honestly, might have, oh my gosh, how have I already forgotten his name? Lorca. Lorca, yeah. Might have been him at times, even though that ended up being, Ooh. whoa, there were, there were some weird, po- got really scared for a minute, thought we were going to have some totally different storylines, but then it still was weird, but it wasn't as weird as it could have been. So, Times Lorca, honestly, Giorgio's character, I've come to, like, I, I really like My that character. My total favorite. I, I love Giorgio. I like Burn. I don't know. Like, it's hard to say. They they all have moments where I'm like, hey. Yeah, but no. Giorgio's love for vengeance and just vengeance She's just, purely for spite. She is just a true, like, a true chaotic character. Love it. She is just a survivor. She's just out there doing, like, Burnham's her weak spot. If there's any, if that, I'm not even convinced, like, that it's a true weak spot that she doesn't know something about Burnham that we don't know yet that she knows that she's like I feel like she's playing some super long game that but we just she gets great one liners. Yes, she does. <laughs> yes, she does. I I I love that. But I also do I do love the other engineer they introduced. Oh, she's great. I actually like Stamen's character a lot more oh, I than love I anticipated. It's great. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to like him as much at first, but I've gotten to where I like him. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I love do Michael you, Burnham. I really who do is, love is, Michael Burnham. Yeah, I was going to say, who's your favorite? I, Giorgio. Giorgio, yeah. I mean, it's hard not to. Like, she's just, she's, I just like, I don't know. She's kind of refreshing. She's a little different. She kind of breaks. It's not a fourth wall, but You're it's sort of the so like Star Trek binary. wall. Yeah. All of you people, we had well, good was, times. Yeah, she is like the one I knew was pansexual, and I'm like, I we just we're just going for it. I'm pretty She's sure so that we're setting up her and the girl that like stayed from uh, the girl, the girl with the face that helped the things oh, on her face yeah, helps her breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they're gonna be a couple. That's happening. They're a couple in the future somewhere. I'm calling that now. Oh, for, oh, I'm sure. A hundred percent. Like it's not even subtle, but I just wanted to go ahead and put my mark on that. So anyway, all right. So just so, now that we're caught up, so we defeat control. Sort of. Maybe. I I'm not convinced that they're defeated. Like that's what I was telling Jamie this. Like the issue with being such a technology-driven society, fighting technology is like what do you do you can't like if you fight it with technology you just run the risk of it hopping like and infecting like how do you really get away from that you mean like in a world that thrives on free speech 
and yet free speech is driven on social media, on technology, and so therefore you can't actually decipher what's truth from reality. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> um, not that that could actually happen in real Ever. life. But. Uh, <laughs> That's hard to say, guys. I don't. Don't tempt 2020. You can't. You can't speak these things out. 2020 will come for you. It's the. It's the time. It's. It's time. Time. Apparently, time is savage. That's what we learned. Time is savage. So anyway, they jump 900 years into the future. Mm-hmm. Through Burnham's warm wormhole. She does send the suit back to self-destruct as the seventh Smart. signal, which we saw at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the suit is destroyed. Um, and Discovery does... And now... So we have one episode sort of... From Burnham. With Burnham. And then one episode with Discovery with, these fir- with this first block. And apparently happened a year apart. A year which- apart. A comment. Yes. There is no way her hair would have grown that much in a year. Unless she's taken some sort of weird supplement or got a weave. I just assumed her hair, it was extensions or a weave. It, or... It's got to be some sort of weave. Her hair did not and it was grow that much in a year. Pretty good weave, to be honest. It was. It is. Like, don't get me wrong. It looks fantastic, and I love her hair like that. But, like, based on her, like, hair when she goes through to her hair when we see her. I'm thinking she's about to be like, I've been here seven years. I'm just going to assume... And then she says, a year? I'm going hmm. to assume that fashion still exists in some manifestation in the future. And but it's just funny, like, she's spending all this time, like, traveling and searching for them and trying to survive. And she was like, at some point, goes, a weave. I must. So we've kind of gone... About to about thirty two hundred something like that. Something like that. Because we were I in the keep... early. I think we were in the early twenty three hundreds. Because it's about that eighty years right. before next gen. That sounds right. I think it's thirty two something. Yeah. And so we should be in the year thirty two something. Um, uh, what What did you think of the first episode with just Burnham alone? Well, it was so. And her new flyboy. <laughs> like she basically okay can i just here's a complaint i have about okay. about discovery the kurtzman verse and alex kurtzman's the showrunner for all of star trek now create okay. all of star trek creative the kurtzman verse to me it feels a little bit too much like he's taking all other contemporary media and just making Star Trek shows out of them. I buy that. I had a weird, like, my my one slight complaint from that episode was I found it hard to reconcile that a character that's actually rescuing um, endangered animals and communes with nature and is, like, a monk would also be so willing to, like, betray Michael. Like, you know, like, when he, he traps her and he's basically going to, like, leave her for dead... But also, he's like that. That seems like, like they have him set up very, very well as this like cutthroat, you know, character. But that doesn't gel with like I'm a monk who saves endangered species. But once we're like, if that's the track we're going with him, that's fine. It just didn't seem that seemed like a weird, like a quick, like they were trying too hard to make it a shock. In my opinion, like yeah, it could have been done a little more easily. 
I liked it. I I thought it was interesting. I thought it I can't, was slow. It was slow, and I couldn't decide. Like I got worried that we were going to spend this whole season looking for discovery. Good lord! At the end of that was my fear. Yeah, was that because they're like this season. And they show us all this stuff. And I'm assuming like, oh my gosh, this is the rest of the season. No, I want Discovery. So then we go and we start Discovery. And I'm like, well, is it going to be like an episode from each of their sides? But now we have this weird gap here. Like, and I'm just, I'm not sure what we're being set up. Like how we're experiencing this season time-wise. It will be interesting to see if they fill in the year or if they just leave the year blank. Or if it's both, like what you know, like they'd move forward with um, mm-hmm. like flashbacks. So I thought that the first episode was kind of boring. After it started, I was like, "Gosh, is anything going gonna to happen? happen?" Now, that being said, I thought the last five minutes were a pretty darn good payoff. I think that's the, like it ended really well, <laughs> yeah. but it, it definitely was like a longer episode, and I kept waiting for her to like do something, go find them. Well, and I only watched episode two this morning, so I'm kind of coming off of that too. Yeah, so episode two, we're with the Discovery crew. They crash on an unknown planet. Some planet, but they just they just called it the Colony. It didn't the have colony. a name. Um, a bunch of outlaws try to... It was essentially, it was a Western. It was. They literally had the little clink, clink, clink when the guy's like walking in. It was a Western. But I, I enjoyed it. Um, yes. I, I think part of that was just having more characters. I, it's hard to have an entire episode around two characters when you when you don't even know one of them. Okay. And so- apparently we're setting them up to be romantic yeah, so it's interesting, and I love Giorgio coming into the bar. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She was the one, I, the, the whole time I was like, okay, so we're, why did we bring Tilly, who seems like she's got a concussion or something's going on with her? But speaking of things going on with, if I can totally jump, yeah. oh, what's her face? Kayla. Yes. What is going on? What like, is going on? When I'm saying, like, oh, did we really leave control behind like that's who i'm worried about because she has the like implant like she's the one i'm worried about right now and i don't get i just find it hard to believe that as intelligent of a crew as they are that nobody else is asking that question nobody else is looking at her going hmm you know we were just fighting technology that could take over humans flesh people flesh people with technology like and nobody looked at her and went she's acting a little out of character anyway right i don't know what's happening there with the way this show goes i feel like we are being set up for some sort of twist like obviously your gut instinct is control but i'm wondering if there's something else so it's very interesting to me um, whether or not. So here's what we found out. We know that at some point in the last 900 years, it appears 100 to 150 years ago, all dilithium yeah. blew up. Yeah, because it can't have been that long because of the guy in season or episode one. That... So that means that any Klingon ship... Any Federation ship that was being powered with dilithium wow. went boom. 
Mm-hmm. Now, this is interesting because they have kind of, again, Kurtzman doing his preachy thing. They have kind of brought up dilithium as a non-sustainable non- power that's, source. Yeah, yeah, because they're like, oh, you can't. Yeah, it's something they mine and sort of the idea that like when you run out of it or in this case, when it all blows up. Right. It's um, gone. So that's an they're obviously setting up something with that. So, I mean, it makes you wonder, like, does the spore drive come back? Right. Or did control blow up the dilithium? Or was it? terrorists i don't know like that's like again i keep waiting for like the borg to come in or something well but let's remember that this is way post picard too yeah so probably 750 years post picard maybe no borg uh but what happened to the romulans yeah because the romulan ships do not fly on dilithium. Oh, I didn't. They realize they create that. artificially held black holes. They hmm. they run on singularity drives. Oh, and so are they secretly running I, everything? I don't know. I don't know. I yeah, I feel like we're not entirely done with control just because it's it's in technology. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't need food to survive. It easily could have just hidden underground and slowly... It took out the Federation because once they had no warp drive, like, they had no way to travel or communicate across the galaxy. And it is interesting. I guess if the Romulans were still an empire, meaning had their son not gone supernova, then, I guess, had they had they still had the empire and everybody's dilithium blows up, the Romulans just overrun the whole universe. Yeah. And so maybe part of the reason they had to set up the fact that more in canon that the Romulan sun did go supernova was so that, that, you know... At this point, with the with this storyline, right. you don't have that issue. Granted, we have no way of... That's one of the interesting things, is you have no way of knowing if maybe they didn't take over everything. If they didn't, like, we have no way of knowing if they re- if they didn't rebuild right. their empire just because there's no way to communicate outside of this limited range. You know, this could just be total red herring, Perna's drawing a piece of yarn to another piece of yarn on a weird conspiracy theory wall. Okay. Rome did burn. Okay. And it was called the burn. Oh, just like the burn with the dilithium. I mean, the it's Romulans an in- getting back at the rest of the galaxy. Maybe. Like the galaxy abandoned them, and they gained enough. They gained a technology to figure out how to dis- ignite all dilithium at once. It just depends. Man, you know who would love some Romulans? Giorgio. Hello. She would love, like, those are basically Terrans. Like, when Hello. we're dealing with the Terrans, I literally kept thinking, like, oh, these seem like the Romulans I've seen. Exactly. That would be funny. Maybe that's the long game. I don't know. I, I'd be... I don't know. I'm just interested. There, there are so many potential things set up. One thing that I'm interested to see, because, I mean, it's like, in some ways, this society is almost technology 
technologically behind where they were because they don't have the warp, they don't have the access, they don't have the communications. Right. Things are kind of dying out in ways almost similar to the, oh, what was it called? Elysium? The planet, the, the, the planet they were trying to go to where like Something the light like bulbs went out. They just kind of stopped. But in other ways, they are obviously progressed beyond because everybody's like, oh, what's that antique? And so I'm interested to see the discovery is this like it was a science vessel. You know, these people were cutting edge top of their field. How does that translate now that they've been dropped into, you know, 900 years in the future and everything they knew their cutting edge science is completely out of date? Because I feel like that's half of how they survived, how they fought, how they were, you know, top whatever, is that they could do this research. They could do things that other people couldn't, but now they're 900 years behind. That's just something that I've, like, wondered in watching these two episodes is how that's, how they're going to remedy that. Are Are they so smart that they can just pick up on the new science quickly or what? We'll have to see. We'll have to see. I have so many questions. Uh, Yeah, and I don't. I don't have a real good sense other than obviously I think we're going to find out something about this dilithium burn. I don't have a real good sense of where we're going after two episodes. And I think that's because in essence we had two first episodes. Yes. It was like it was a two-part pilot from totally different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. It was two. It wasn't like it continued on. It was the start and the start. And you know that's an interesting thing too that I thought at one point it kind of felt... I think one of the reasons it was a little slow Mm -hmm. is because in a way I felt like we had really kind of wrapped up a story. Yeah. And this was lots of exposition. Because it kind of needed to be. It did. It did. And that's, I mean, I told, like, Jamie and I talked about this too. Like, it's kind of nice that they did go into the future because so much of that past, like where they started, had already been written. Right. And, um... It, they kind of had to jump further out than any storylines we had in order to have somewhere to go and not make more people that are re- really true whatever Star Trek fans upset. And an exciting thing because this is the first time any Star Trek has gone this, this... Yeah, it's very far. Where no one's gone before. Indeed. Yeah. Um, um, I, it, there was also clearly, I think, this sense of restoring hope to the galaxy through restoring starfleet which after picard is kind of nice because i feel like picard is so dystopian and one of the things i loved about next gen was that it was so you know it was just hopeful but again it's nice to have this that's a little more there's hope there's this sense of rebuilding on current events i'm look i'm just saying i think we all need a little hope that's what i'm saying that like I'm okay with that. If you're, yeah, that's fine with me. I think we're all okay with that. Yeah, we all need like we've got our fill of depressing. I mean, and let's face it, even with Mandalorian starting next week, we're gonna get mm. a lot of both enemy race of wizards. Yeah, I know. I'm so interested to see where that goes, but. Anyway, uh, yeah, I feel like it's funny because after the first episode of Discovery, I thought I knew where the season was going because of the clips at the end. And now I'm like, what? But because of the end of the second episode, I'm like, okay, well, I have no idea what this season's going to be because everything that I thought was the rest of the season already you happened. already jumped. Right. So. <laughs> so where are we going? 
Were, were you just trying to comfort me and let me know that they find each other or what? Clearly, so, at some point, they're also headed back to Earth, which is always yeah, an interesting yeah, based thing on that. With that's Star always to well, and to see like what's gone on there since. Yeah, right. I mean, that'll be very interesting. It's just yeah, it's a lot of question marks. Ooh, character I didn't mention randomly from season two that I really I loved Pike. Oh. I mean, let's just say so it. Well, because much. Chris Pike was the best of all of us. Well, I've never, yeah, like I, just, I never watched the original series minus the one episode, the which Admiral it's funny. Sells. Of all the episodes to have watched, it was the perfect one, right? Because it's the one that tied in so much. Yeah, ta- that Talos four episode in season two. Oh, it was good. It's good, but like Pike's so character and like the episode where he holds the time crystal and he like commits to that future, like. I need to know how that played out. Like, is that something in the original series? Like, how, oh, did, yeah, Pike ends up maimed in a wheelchair. Like that? That's for real. And goes back to Talos Four. What? Oh, you didn't. You didn't know. Yes. I didn't know. Chris, I thought Admiral Pike ends up in a wheelchair and goes to Talos Four. So and so they were like telling. So every that they were telling everybody that he had known that whole time. That's how he was gonna end. Oh. <gasps> That makes it so much more sad because I already thought it was sad, but I thought maybe he had, you know, somehow escaped that no. fate. No. Oh, no. I didn't know that. <gasps> Jamie didn't tell me. I'm sorry. That was I probably didn't on purpose. I'd already cried a lot that episode. Oh, yeah, man. Chris Pike's end is always in the wheelchair. That's horrible where he's all like deformed and screaming. Yes. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that. Oh no. That's I why Chris Pike is the best so of all much. of us. He is. He did it anyway. He knew. Oh no. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sorry, guys. Vocal I'm processing fam. so we, many things. We may have to end the podcast right, right here. <laughs> I didn't know that's, that's what happened and, That's to him. why he and Spock are, and number one are getting their own show. I didn't know. Oh, no. It'll be amazing. That's so sad. But that show will be amazing. I'm sure it will, because like, I love his character With now. Like, he he's just, and Ethan what Peck a classy Spock guy. And Rebecca Romaine is number one. What that show will be awesome. Guy. Oh, man. I don't know what to do now. That's so upsetting. I really thought he was going to get to escape that. No. I didn't know they were showing us that and like it had already happened. Oh, yeah. Ugh, this is what happens, guys, when you haven't watched every series of Star Trek. I listened. I to was a, so much happier a second ago. I listened to uh, David Tennant's pod yesterday. Wait, uh, did they drop the second season ever yeah. now? It's already happened? Yeah, oh, my gosh. Well, he's dropping an episode a week right now. They're about... Six oh. episodes in. I need to catch up with that then because um, I really There have been his some podcast. great ones. Uh, Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek mm. Um, mm. was a good episode. Uh, Didn't they have the guy from uh, Big Bang Theory on there? Yeah, that's Parsons what made me think they had started dropping. <laughs> Sorry, Arya. Parsons' episode is pretty good, but this week was Billy Piper. Oh, Did yay. you know that she was a 13 year old pop star? Yes. I didn't know that. Uh, what's the little song she sang? Oh my goodness! Well, she sang several songs, but there's one that's like, "Why you gotta da 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 da?" Because we want to. Because we want to. Yeah, yeah. Well, the reason I brought it She's up. She's a little British pop star. Was not because of that. 
The oh. reason I brought it up was because she was talking about, of course, the fact that when she was on Doctor Who the first season, they never mm-hmm. thought they'd get renewed. They didn't think anybody was going to watch it. You know, oh, whatever. Huh. But then, once they got renewed and Tennant came in, Billy Piper, of course, didn't know any Doctor Who lore or anything about anything. That's funny. About anything. And she goes, and then I'm working with you, David, and you Who know probably knew everything. Everything that there ever has been written about yep. Doctor Who. That's probably accurate. I mean, that's definitely accurate. Right. She was like, You knew more than everyone. I buy it. He literally married a doctor's daughter. Like you don't get much more fanboy Who than that. met on Doctor Who. I know. I love it. I love it. The Doctor's daughter, who is the Doctor's daughter, who married the Doctor. It's just perfect. It's just perfect. But anyway, so season two, season three, Star Trek Discovery, we're two episodes in. By the time you hear this, actually, we'll be three episodes in. Yep. And hopefully, we'll, we'll know a little more where we're going. Uh, and <laughs> what are we fighting? We don't even know. Maybe, maybe we will. Maybe we won't. We weird have... parasitic ice. Who knew that was a thing? Right. That was that was weird. Uh, I I did love the kind of three D printer of metal. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, so that, that was, was cool. That was cool. Well, I just love them trying to pretend that they're not from 900 years ago, but, like, also they're from... nine. Like, there's no way you can fake your way through 900 years of anything. <laughs> Ten years? Aria, baby, why? I think we have some... Um, they look. I think Jehovah's Witnesses walking ah. around. Aria is not a happy camper. Aria would like to talk to them. Aria would talk to them. It always makes me think of, have you seen, like, the meme with, like, the alligator? It's a, from Florida, the alligator, like, ringing someone's doorbell. I don't no, think well, so. It's a meme. Someone out there knows. I I'm say sure that, but somebody does. no one ever out there knows. But anyway, yeah, discovery, printer. Yeah, yeah, but basically, like, if it was even 10 years in the future, they could maybe fake their way through, yeah, like, not I, knowing some stuff. But not 900. But, yeah, like... Imagine... You're, old, you're more than a museum. Imagine someone from 1150 coming to now they would i mean so that's that is they had like an just interesting been point. chanting at cathedral de notre dame they would break their brains would break right because they had no technology that's that's one that goes to show i guess just how much the maybe the burn because if the burn only happened 120 years ago it goes I think you could argue that perhaps they have, in fact, regressed technologically. That's Like, you know what I mean? Like, yep. they may have increased to a point and have been regressing since then. Well, we see that, though. Again, this is the thing of taking things from everything else. We see that in Star Wars. The That's height true. of technology was the height of the Empire. That's true. Uh, you know, anyway. Ah, uh, sci-fi. Ah, uh, sci-fi. Well, anyway, vocal fam. It's been interesting. It'll, It'll be interesting. Continue to be interesting. Yeah, I'm just. I don't know. I'm. 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 I'm excited. I'm excited to be caught up. It's always nice to have a show that you are kind of watching as it comes out. It's something fun every week. Uh, yeah. Sarah, what'd you have for breakfast? <laughs> Muffins. Very good. It was a muffin kind of day. Love it. A little cloudy. A little cold. Yeah, it's not cold yet, oh, and it well, hadn't started storming yet, which is fine. It's chilly here. 
Anyway, Vocal Fam, uh, since this is our Halloween episode, um, Happy Halloween! Um, Did y'all decide what you're gonna do instead of trick or treating? Uh, we're not really sure what's going on on Halloween. I know we'll have Halloween chili. That would be fun. Do. So anyway. Oh, didn't your kids say something about a scavenger hunt? I will see what happens. Um, but yeah. the kids do have Halloween costumes. Oh, that'll be they're, fun. They'll have a good they're time. They're Zelda and Link. That's so cute. I can't even stand it. That's so cute. Anyway, uh, That's since this episode's cute. going up uh, Halloween weekend, I just want to say this is the most political thing I'll ever say on the podcast. <laughs> if you are a reg- if you are a registered voter in the United States, go and vote on election day. I'm not telling you who to vote for or what to vote for. Just to for. do it. I'm telling you to go exercise your civic right that you have as a uh american citizen Citizen? of the country Mm. please go and vote don't make an excuse don't whatever i would also encourage you to wear your mask while voting and bring your own pen while you go and vote. I assume maybe many of you have already filled in absentee ballots, uh, but I just want to strongly recommend that you go and exercise your right to vote. That's it. Do it. That's my takeaway. Oh, yeah, that is so close. Uh, It will will be three days after we drop this episode. Yeah, I think I'm low-key trying not to think about it. Well, but anyway. anyway, so go do that, please, vocal fam. Uh, now, if, you, if you're in the United Kingdom and you're or you're in Germany or oh, no. Canada and you are not a I don't citizen know when you vote of the United States, you're definitely not voting for any offices in the United States. Yeah. So you can disregard that. You can just ignore that. Yeah, just ignore us. And focus say a, on discovery. Say a prayer for the United States. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right, vocal fam. That's uh, that's it for today. It's been real. It's been real. We'll talk to you later.